0: Thank you for listening to this podcast from Bethel Family Worship Center. I would ask if you will turn with me to the book of Philippians this morning in your Bible. God's been dealing with me on a subject that I believe He wants me to share. And it is maybe a little bit different than where we've been. But it is nonetheless important. Because anytime the Word of God comes to us, we ask God, To take that word and change us and shape us and remake us. I want to be in his likeness. God has to do a work in me to do a work through me. I'm gonna say that again. He's gotta do a work in me to do a work through me. I was sharing with our team this morning as we begin to open up with prayer and launch into today's service. That in the Bible says that in a great house there are many vessels. Vessels of gold and silver are referenced. And I liken that that God would use any of us in this house, in the calling, in the kingdom. And in this house, all of us are a vessel. And if you've ever received an inheritance or an heirloom from someone. Perhaps a vase or a bowl or a gravy dish. (laughs) Maybe it has some wear and tear on it. And maybe it has some scuff marks or fine line cracks in it. But how many know that even with all of that, it's valuable to you? And you still use it because... It brings back memories, it's special, it's the right size, all of those things. And I was thinking about us, that we are all different shapes of vessels. Look at somebody and say, I know that's right. We're all different. And we have some wear and tear on us. <laughs> we have some cracks, some wrinkles. Come on, somebody. Some recessions. Some sagging. (laughs) But we are still usable for God. And I think that the place that God wants to get us to going forward in this year is a place of vulnerability. And I want to talk this morning about it's uncomfortable being vulnerable. In Philippians chapter 3, the Word of God through the Apostle Paul, one of my greatest heroes theologically, he begins to write to the church in Philippi, and his letters are encouraging, and he's talking about recent events. He's talking about the death of Jesus. He's talking about things that are... That hit us all in life. And if you've ever come through a death, or you've ever come through uh, the death of a family member, or the closure of something that was so, bre- took your breath away, hard to get over, hard to get through, then you will identify with where he was going when he got us to this passage. When you read your Bible, often you have to understand context. And Paul says in verse 10 that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead not as though I have already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after. If that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. And then I like this line. Brethren, who did he talk into? (coughs) The brethren, the church. He says a very personal statement. I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which were behind and reaching forth unto the things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I want you this morning... To just catch what Paul says here. When he says in verse 13. I count not myself. To have apprehended. In fact I want you to say that out loud. Say I count not myself. To have apprehended. When Paul makes that statement. Paul is literally indulging in a moment. Of vulnerability. Vulnerability that says to people who are admiring Him, I'm not there yet. I don't have it all together yet. I'm not perfect yet. I don't remember hearing many pastors in my upbringing preaching on this particular part. I don't recall hearing bishops preach on this part of the text or any pastors or teachers that I can remember ever getting up and saying, you know congregation, I really know the word, but I'm a mess up as a person. I speak Greek, Hebrew, I graduated from thus and such university, but I'm completely dysfunctional as a husband. Or as a father. i make a great preacher. Even though I don't know how to. Handle life. But I can shout you. Into a fit. They don't say it like that. And yet the apostle Paul says. I count not myself. To have apprehended. And what brings us. this moment of vulnerability is this brief discussion about death that precedes it. Because the closer you get to death, the more honest you become. Getting close to death makes you real. It makes you face up to some things and deal with some things. And confront some things that normally you wouldn't confront. Because frankly you are running out of time. And when you are running out of time. You don't have time for surprises. So you just tell it like it is. And let the chips fall wherever they will. Does anybody understand what I'm talking about? So he contemplates The resurrection of the dead and he engages us in this moment of vulnerability and says I count not myself to have apprehended here's my question this morning why are we so afraid to be vulnerable why do you think it is so hard for us to get real and be vulnerable Maybe it's the past we came from. Maybe it's the pain it created that has taught us how to master our emotions. Could it be that we think in our own mind that if you really knew who I was, you wouldn't love me? And so out of fear of rejection, I give you somebody I think you would like And I hide who I really am. Because I'm afraid if you saw me as I really am, you would not like me. Because I count not myself to have apprehended. Paul was saying, I teach it, I preach it, but I haven't attained it. Do you know what pressure it is? Come on, somebody. To teach somebody something that you have not mastered yet in your own life. Depression. Fear. Anxiety. Relationship issues. Mama issues. Daddy issues. To help other people with their problems and then you go home and try to figure out What in the world you're going to do? I'm speaking to some real people this morning. The church may host a marriage weekend and you attend it with your spouse, but you argue all the way home. You're trying to raise your children in the admonition and the fear of the Lord and your kid just wrecked the car in a drunken stupor. Or they snuck out of their bedroom to go see their boyfriend in the middle of the night. Or being where they were said they were gonna be, they were at someone else's party living it up. And they lied to you. What I've come to realize <clears throat> is this you cannot control life. And some of us are exhausted trying to control everybody. (laughs) Some of us are exhausted trying to control life. We would rather spend our energy controlling our image than to be vulnerable for a moment and say, oh, I count not myself to have apprehended rather than run the risk of rejection. Look at the energy we spend on hiding our vulnerabilities to protect ourselves from people that many times they don't even matter. People who project a certain image on social media. Are you here? They go overboard acknowledging their marriage partner themselves. When in reality, a lot of the time, they are just masking their vulnerability. And Paul, of all people, my theological hero, says, I know, Russell, you are studying me right now, but listen up. I count not myself to have apprehended. And I wonder to myself, Pastor, how in the world did we leap over that and go straight to forgetting those things that are behind and reaching to those things that are before and yet we overlooked this moment of vulnerability when the apostle educated scholar who stumbles out of Tarsus admits to us I don't have it all together, but can you love me anyway? Can I lead you anyway? Can I teach to you anyway? Can I add value to your life anyway? Can I hold my wound while I'm stitching your scar? I count not myself to have apprehended is an indulgence in vulnerability. And I think the reason that we are so afraid to be vulnerable is this, the past has taught us to camouflage. It teaches us to cover up because the last time I tried to be real, I got hurt. The last time I tried to be myself, I got fired. The last time I opened up to somebody They betrayed me. The last time I confided in her, she went out and told all my business. And so we become masters of shutting up our pain, shutting up the hurt, shutting up with the sorrow, shutting up with the disappointment. And the only problem with that is that when you become numb to the pain and the sorrow and the disappointment, you also become numb to the joy and the peace in your life and the love and the vitality and the excitement of living for God. You start living your life like the walking dead. You're going through the motions, but you don't even remember what day it is. I'm preaching to somebody. Is it Thursday? Thursday. Or is it Tuesday? I'm not sure because all the days begin to look the same. I'm so numb. All of my days are the same. And I'm numb because when I'm numb, I lose sense of time. And yes, I lose sense of pain. When I'm numb, I lose sense of joy also. How many Christians do you know who are sad? disillusioned, depressed, don't have a word of encouragement for nobody, always have a frown, always tripping on their lower lip, always have rug burn on their chin. How many people do you know that say they love God and God's brought them out of a horrible pit But they come to church, look like they've been run over. Come on. Look like they got no joy and no glory to speak of. Because when you're numb, you can numb your pain, but you also numb your joy. And you end up living a tasteless life a life that is filled with indulgences. You start overindulging in sports, overindulging in Minecraft, overindulging in all kinds of stuff because you have lost the sense of time and you are now trying to cover up the emptiness because what I built to protect myself and insulate myself has now incarcerated and I'm missing the pain, but I'm also missing the joy. I'm missing that confusion, but I'm missing the love. Because when today called the role, I wasn't present in my mind and I wasn't present in my spirit. I showed up, but I wasn't there. Are you here? Nah, I'm not gonna be present. I'd rather be spiritual and not present. I'd rather put all of my energies into forgetting the things that are behind me dealing with yesterday or let me get over here and shout about tomorrow because after a while, see, we got faith for the past and we've got faith for the future, but do we have faith for the now? Or are we racing, going around, trying to forget and reaching forward? We're forgetting and reaching, forgetting and reaching. Come on, somebody. We are forgetting and we are reaching because I count not myself to have apprehended. So let's just talk about tomorrow because I'm going to get it tomorrow. I'm going to have it tomorrow. I'm going to have it by the end of the year. I'm going to have it by the next two years. I still got several months left in this year. By the end of the year, Pastor, I'm going to have it. And I'm, I'm living to get there. And I can't wait to get there. But you can't embrace the now without embracing the vulnerability of saying, I count not myself. To have apprehended. I'm not finished now. I'm not complete now. And people don't like things that are not finished. We don't like things that aren't done. We don't like things that are in between. That's why you hear someone say, girl, I left him because he was not ready for me. Please. Are you really as wonderful as you try to project that you are? Have you sold your beliefs as realities? That what you believe about a thing, you've convinced yourself that your truth is the only truth? Are you telling yourself a narrative about that has conveniently always making you right rather than just admitting I have not yet apprehended? God forbid that we begin vulnerable in this service today. God forbid that you get vulnerable because here's what happens when we can't be vulnerable. We cannot grow. And if you've got to always be there, you can't grow. If you have convinced yourself that you are right and everyone else is wrong, then you missed the opportunity to learn life's lessons. That life came to teach you. Mm. Life came to teach you. Because when life called the role of school, you weren't present. So life had to chase you down to teach you. My God. You weren't present. You were either in yesterday or you were groping for tomorrow. But you were not present enough to admit, I count not myself to have apprehended You'd be shocked at the people who come home every night, but they never come home. Who show up for work every day, but they never show up. Who live with you and love you and sleep with you and deal with you, but are not there with you. Because they are saving themselves for you to get right. For you to get perfect. And they're saying, I'm not going to love you. I'm not going to reward you with my love because you don't deserve to be loved. You imperfect thing. I'll be your wife. You can keep the ring on, but you'll never really have the woman that I could be because I'm still over mad at, at something you said over here, but I'm not present now. Because our situation is not perfect, I cannot deal with not perfect. So now I'm reaching after other kinds of stuff, trying to create my utopia, my euphoria, someplace that is wonderful online. Because it's easier to reach for it than to deal with the naked reality that I count not myself to have apprehended. It is us working together on our imperfections that makes us love one another. It's me running out, getting resources to help us turn it around that says I care When I could have just walked away and said, you brought it on yourself. Deal with it the best way you can. It is our imperfections that show our love. And if you hide from that, you hide from life. Come on. That's all there is. That's it. If you miss the glorious now, the pleasure of this moment, you might miss it all. I get extremely aggravated Dealing with unthankful people. Unthankful people who are always so busy pointing out what's wrong that they never notice what's right. They're so busy giving you a report card. Giving you a C. Giving you a B. Giving you a thumbs up. Giving you a thumbs down. I just want to ask sometimes, who are you to give me anything with your crazy self? I'm finding that it's actually very liberating to admit that you don't have it all together, to not have to answer. Every question to be able to say, look, I don't know it all. I don't have it all. I don't understand it all. I haven't figured it all out, but I do know this. I count not myself to have apprehended. My history will not control my destiny. I'm reaching ahead and I've got goals and some hopes and ambitions and dreams and I've got plans, but I got to admit today, I cannot not myself to have apprehended. And here's what I'm learning. Write this down learning to live in the in between. Let me teach to you this morning that I'm finding love. Life, I'm finding peace while dealing at the same time with pain, sorrow, and disappointment. I realize now, and it took me a long time to understand this, that they are connected to one another. Mm. I learned that I don't have to protect myself from my vulnerability what could go wrong, what did go wrong, what might happen to the kids and the grandkids, what my spouse might do. I can embrace vulnerability. And when I do, I begin to see the beauty of what God is doing in and through my life. And I begin to enjoy the greatest moments of my life. I'm almost finished this morning. But can I go a little further? I was reading a story in the Bible about Jairus' daughter who was at the point of death. And how Jesus said to Jairus, she's only sleeping. How many of you remember the story? He comes to search Jesus out. He is a man of prestige, a ruler in the synagogue, and he comes while Jesus is in the middle of ministry and says, my daughter is near death. At the end of the story, close to the end, they come and tell him, don't even worry about talking to Jesus anymore. She dead. And it was at that moment that Jesus looks and says, don't worry, she's just sleeping. And Jairus, a ruler in the synagogue, can't do anything for himself. And he says to Jesus, I need you. I need you. I like that song we were singing, I need you. I need you, Jesus to come and raise her up. And the Bible said that Jesus got ready to go and while he was headed there, that the crowd enthronged him as he was on his way to Jairus' house. They packed in on every side, people wanting him, wanting to get close to him as he was headed there. And he, as he was on his way, he was reaching toward it He was reaching toward Jairus' house. And yet there comes a woman out of the crowd. Jesus was reaching forward to something in front of him. I'm preaching to somebody. He was reaching forward to something in front of him. And something that was in the future. And something... That was afar off. And this woman was trying to seize the now. I want you to write that down. She was trying to seize the now. And when I begin to study, Brother Wesley, this passage, I found out that this woman, if not the only person in Scripture who got healed, while Jesus wasn't even looking. He wasn't even looking in her direction, my God. He was headed somewhere to J. Iris' house. He didn't see her. He wasn't looking for her. He wasn't going out of his way to look for her. But she was crawling up behind him. Friend, can I tell you, it's about the things that are going to happen to you along the way. It's not just your A destination and your B destination. It's the things that happen to you on your way to where you're going. He wasn't looking for her but she was pressing in behind him and she touched the hem of his garment and when she touched the hem of his garment she saying, I need something today I need something right now, I need something in this moment I need something right now quickly, I'm running out of blood, I'm running out of strength, I'm running out of time I can't not myself to have apprehended so I'm going to try to snatch at what God has for me oh my God somebody ought to just snatch at it right now and reach up and say God if you said I could have it I'm going to snatch for it I don't have it so I'm going to snatch it tell your neighbor snatch it up snatch it up if I got to crawl, I'm going to snatch it up. If I, gotta, if I got to lay down and raw, I'm going to snatch it up. If I got to spend all I got, I'm going to snatch it up. I'm running out of blood. I'm running out of time. I know some of you all got it all together. None of y'all ever, some of you don't have to reach for anything but I come before you this morning to tell you that I count not myself to have apprehended. So if I got to crawl to get my healing, I'm going to crawl. If I may just touch the hem of his garment today, in this moment, I will apprehend my miracle. I will apprehend that which apprehends me while I'm in the in-between. I'm going to give everything to my today. I can't fix yesterday. I can't focus tomorrow. But I can give my all today. Because this is the day. That the Lord hath made. I'm going to go all in today. I'm not going to miss today. By chasing tomorrow. Come on somebody. I feel this is for someone in this house today. God said this is the day He's going to deal with your issues and stop your bleeding. If you have courage to show up in between, God will show out in between. I want to bring this to a conclusion. She was the only one that I found in Scripture that got healed when he wasn't looking. And she apprehended him. She snatched it out. (laughs) Can Can I go further in this? Jesus said, Who touched me? Who touched me? Jesus, don't you see all these people? How are you going to ask who touched me? And I can hear Jesus say, because I'm always around people who never touched me. They're too busy trying to figure out who's going to sit on the left hand and who's going to sit on the right hand, who's going to give the inaugural address. They're too busy trying to self-promote who they are on Instagram. I'm surrounded by people but I'm not being touched. Are you with me this morning? Do you understand where we're headed? I'm around people all the time but I'm not being touched. Who touched me? Who touched me? I felt virtue go out of me. Somebody touched me. you all too busy asking me about when the kingdom's going to come. When the end of the age is going to come. You're missing right now. Focus on tomorrow, but you're not focused on right now. And until this nameless woman, this broke, nameless, sick woman, this l- woman who was so sick, Who laid out in the Palestinian air all day, bleeding, smelled funky, no air conditioning. She began to move through the crowd with her smelly self. I'm preaching to somebody. She didn't have no time to take a bath or refresh herself. She didn't have time to fix herself up. She couldn't prepare prepare herself for her set appointment. She just simply knew Jesus is passing by at this moment. I don't have time to fix my hair, girl. I don't have time to put on my Sunday best. I don't have time to get my nails done at the spa. I'm just a mess. I count not myself. To have apprehended. If I may. What we need in our church. And what we need in our worship services. Are some messed up folks. People who smell like the mess they're in. people who've been through hell and high water, but open up their mouth and say, I'm hurting too bad to worry about what anybody thinks about me. I got to get my messy self to the house. I got to touch Jesus. It's uncomfortable being vulnerable, but I need his touch. Stand to your feet all across this building. I need the touch of God. I count not myself to have apprehended. I wonder if there's a room full of people here today. I wonder if there's just one person that feels like Paul did I wonder if there's just one or two. It's, I, it's not that I've already attained. It's not that I'm perfect. But I follow after that I may apprehend that which is apprehending me. If that's you today, no matter who you are, Saved, unsaved. Jesus is having a real moment with you right now in your heart. All across this place and in online. You will say that I have not yet comprehended. I have not even apprehended Christ. I count not myself to have apprehended. In fact, I've come behind. But I decide today that no matter how uncomfortable it is, I choose to be vulnerable. Oh, my God, my God, my God. There's room for all. I want to invite you as worship is taking place at this moment. I want to invite you, friend, friend, find you a place in this altar today and kneel down before him or stand before him and say, I count not myself to have apprehended. I'm all vulnerable. I'm being very vulnerable right now, God. I need help. I need help. I need help. I need help. And you're the only help that can bring me life. I'm tired of living numb. I'm tired of living desensitized. Because I've not only blocked the pain, I've also blocked the blessing. And i got to get real this morning. I hear the Holy Ghost speaking. The altars are filling up. People finding... Places to pray. I want you to be real and I want you to be vulnerable. If ever a moment was to be honest and vulnerable and real, and it is at this moment right now while well, the Holy Spirit is dealing. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Bethel Family Worship Center.